Hey guys, this is Michael Farmer, the pastor of Risen City Church in Charleston. We hope that you enjoy our podcasting of our service from Sunday. I hope that you enjoy it and that you'll join us in person on the west side of Charleston at our church location, 11 a.m., 1410 4th Avenue. God bless and have a great day. Our scripture reading for today is from Genesis chapter 4, verses 1 through 16. The man was intimate with his wife Eve, and she conceived and gave birth to Cain. She said, I've had a male child with the Lord's help. She also gave birth to his brother Abel. Now Abel became a shepherd of flocks, but Cain worked the ground. In the course of time, Cain presented some of the land's produce as an offering to the Lord, and Abel also presented an offering some of the firstborn of his flock and their fat portions. The Lord had regard for Abel and his offering, but he did not have regard for Cain and his offering. Cain was furious, and he looked despondent. Then the Lord said to Cain, Why are you furious, and why do you look despondent? If you do what is right, won't you be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is for you, but you must roll over it. Cain said to his brother Abel, Let's go out to the field. And while they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, Where is your brother Abel? I don't know, he replied. Am I my brother's guardian? Then he said, What have you done? Your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. So now you are cursed, alienated from the ground that opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood you have shed. If you work the ground, it will never again give you its yield. You will be a restless wanderer on the earth. But Cain answered the Lord, My punishment is too great to bear. Since you are banishing me today from the face of the earth, and I must hide from your presence and become a restless wanderer on the earth, whoever finds me will kill me. Then the Lord replied to him, In that case, whoever kills Cain will suffer vengeance seven times over. And he placed a mark on Cain, so that whoever found him would not kill him. Then Cain went out from the Lord's presence and lived in the land of Nod, east of Eden. Y'all may be seated. Look at at us. We're fancy, guys. So you get to stare at the whole time. (laughs) We're excited to uh, start our sermon series for the month of January. This is a, a... subject I get asked about a lot from a lot of different people all over the time. We'll be talking about purpose and calling as we go into the month of January. Um, I believe it's important for us as a church, as we've talked over the, the last year, what does it look like for Risen City? How do we serve our city? How do we serve our community? How do we raise our families? How do we go about building Christ-centered communities and Christ-centered families to stay focused on the purpose and calling that God has for us? to be affirmed in what God says about us, how he has created us and how he wants us to live our lives in this world around us that feels like it is ever changing. We have a consistent God and that's worthy of saying an amen, right? All right, we're Baptists, but y'all can give me an amen if you want. Amen. That's worthy of of a lifestyle. One of the things I constantly think about and even with my my life and and our purpose and such is How do we continue to follow God when the world is changing, our life is changing, kids, families, jobs, all of these things are always evolving around us. 
And in 2023, a lot of people, we make resolutions. I don't do resolutions, but I just esteem to try to do better than I did last year and to try to stay focused. Because I think if you put yourself in a place where you're saying, this is what I'm going to focus on this year and this year only, we miss the mark sometimes. If I believe when we look through the Bible, people's callings and purposes were built out over the span of a lifetime, over the span of years and years and years. If we look at Moses, it was 40 years he was on the backside of the desert before he started to actually fulfill his purpose in life and his calling to lead the people out of Egypt. And I believe that the world puts these standards on us that if we're not at this level or if we're not at this place that we're not living out how the world believes we should or we're not at a level that is acceptable to people around us. And if we start to compare our lives to how the world says we should live, we're never going to be able to live up to that standard. We're constantly going to be chasing after something that is unattainable. But we have found ourselves in a place where we have acceptance from Jesus Christ. So what does this actually look like? What does it look like for us as believers to live out a life that glorifies God in every single aspect of what we do? Because we, we have to have jobs. We have to put food on the table. Y'all know Kroger prices are going up. Section, I'm just like, just keep it straight, all right? Just gonna keep focus. All of the constant changings in life, and remembering that God is, yes, a providential God and he will provide for us. But it means that we also still have to figure out how to glorify him in a world where we have to work, we have to play, we have to have friendships, we have to have healthy relationships. It's good for us to have moments and times of, of leisure. But how do we glorify God through it all? I believe it's good for us to go back to the Old Testament in Genesis and to look at what was the first purpose that God gave man. If we look in Genesis 1, in verse 27, it says that God created man in his own image and he created him in the image of God and he created them male and female. And in verse 28, it says that God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, multiply fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air and every creature that crawls on earth. And he says, God also looked and he said, I've given you every seed bearing plant on the surface of the entire earth and every tree whose fruit contains seeds. It says, this will be food for you, for all the wildlife of the earth and for every bird of the sky and for every creature that crawls on the earth. It says, everything, has, everything that has breath and life in it, I have given every green plant for you. And it was, and God saw that he had made everything that he'd made, and he said it was good. The first purpose that we see in man in the Garden of Eden is that he put him there to have dominion and domain over the earth, to take care of what God had created and doing so in a way that it glorifies God. And that's our first purpose that we see in life. He has called us to live a life that sees the world around us and to be good stewards of what God has blessed us with. But we also know that unfortunately sin enters into the equation and it sometimes perverts the things that God has given unto us. It perverts our ideas and how we should worship after God and how we should live out our purpose and how we should worship God in life. We continue on in Genesis chapter 4. We see that sin is entered into the equation and Adam and Eve have their first son. And I love what Eve says. He says, with the Lord's help, Understanding that they may have sinned and missed the mark, that God did not abandon them. 
in the midst of what had happened. But they still glorified and worshipped God. And they said, with the Lord's help, they were able to bear sons, Cain and Abel. We see here in verse 2, it says, Now Abel became a shepherd of sheep and the flock, but Abel worked the ground. They're fulfilling their purpose as we see here in Genesis. They're having dominion over the world around them. We see that they are taking care of the flocks and they are growing fruit and food from the ground. And it was good for them to do so. Well, what I want to focus on here, everyone talks about my brother's keeper and murdering the brother and such. I want to focus on how did they live out in glorifying God while fulfilling their purpose and their calling. We miss this sometimes in the beginning in Genesis. Continues on and says, in the course of time, Cain presented some of the land's produce as an offering to the Lord. And Abel also presented an offering, some of the firstborn of his flock and there of the fatty portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering, but he did not regard Cain and his offering. And Cain was furious and he looked despondent. Then the Lord said to Cain, why are you furious? Why do you look despondent? If you do what is right, won't you be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at the door and its desires for you. But you must rule over it. I want to look at what Cain and Abel had offered. Cain worked the ground of the field. He came and he brought about some of his produce. And we saw that Abel, he had the flocks, he had the sheep, bad, all that good stuff like that. And what we see the difference is this, is that they both came and they worshipped God and they gave an offering unto him. They were working in their purpose and their calling. And they brought about an offering to worship after God. But the difference is this, is that Abel presented the firstborn. Abel presented the first fruits. Abel presented the best of what he had to offer in this moment. And Cain just presented something to God. In our life, I want us to think about how our calling and our purpose works. But at the center of that, it should be that we worship God to the fullest extent of every single thing that we have. Every aspect of our life and our calling and purpose should have a center mark that we should do so to worship God. In your job, in your workplace, I do so to worship God, not to make myself known in this world around me. I do so when I'm in the grocery store walking down the aisle. I do so to worship God. You're not in there like, you know, walking down the aisle. We lift you up in the sanctuary. Some of y'all may act joyous and happy like that when y'all are grocery shopping. That's not me. I don't do it like that. But you know what? My, my countenance and my attitude should be a reflection of God. When we are worshiping God and when we are in a right place and a right standing with God that is pleasing to Him, what happens though sometimes is, well, in our worship to God, when we don't bring about our best, we get focused on what everybody else has. Here's the reality in this situation. Abel was blessed. Abel had God's light shining upon him because he worshiped God in spirit and truth and he gave the best that he had before God because he valued who God was and he wanted to give him the best because he had a good relationship with God, but also he knew who God was and he valued him. I do not believe at all that you can fulfill your purpose and calling unless you know your creator. If not, what you're going to do is try to fulfill the purpose and calling of somebody else in this world around you and you are going to reflect what they believe is the right standard. You're going to reflect what they want you to actually work for. 
I, I believe in many times in life, and, and, I, and I read a lot of articles, it talks about why are you working to advance somebody else's life and somebody else's dreams and somebody else's visions? Why don't you take your own purpose and calling and glorify God and lift up what He has for your life? We miss that mark sometimes. It doesn't mean that we're not called to live in this world and to be in all of these workplaces. It doesn't mean that we're not meant to be able to say, I'm going to work in a secular job. But doing so, we should want to make God known in every aspect of our lives. Because what happens is this, is when we get caught up on our own selfish desires, sin creeps around the corner. Sinful desires creep in these moments and times. And it's easy for us to get distracted. And you know what it sometimes it looks like with Cain and Abel? It looks like jealousy. We get frustrated at the other person around us, the other church around us. Let's be honest sometimes. We see that they're glorifying God and they're growing and they're thriving in life. Why, why don't we look like that? Sometimes do we have to stop and look at our own lives and say, am I giving my first fruits to God? Am I giving the best that I, that I have? Am I, am, I, am I waking up and just saying, hey, let me just drag on into church, right? Let's just be for real for a moment. Am I, am I taking time during the week and I'm out preparing like I should for a sermon? Am I excited when I come in to worship God? Do I come in on Tuesday night with a great attitude to say I get to raise these young people and these young men and be a part of their lives and I get to help worship God and teach them who God is? Do I come in on a Thursday night? Do I go out on the streets and evangelize the people? Do I do it with an attitude that shows that He is a loving God? Do I truly actually know God is the real question. Do I actually spend my time, my talents, and my treasures investing to be a reflection of Him? Cain offered something to God, but it was not pleasing to God. We read in Psalm earlier, it talks about how God does not want a burnt offering. He doesn't want you just to go through the rituals. He doesn't want us just to show up. He says, bring your best to me. I want a broken spirit so I can mend it and make it the way it should be. God is calling us as we go into 2023 to look at our lives and ask ourselves, what is our purpose and what is our calling? But at the core of that, it should be that we worship God in spirit and in truth. That when we feel that conviction, we don't run away from it. We don't let it manifest into hatred and sin. But we ask God, how can I worship you better in spirit and in truth? And I believe it's looking at our lives and asking, where can I give the most? Where can I give the best? I believe it's looking at our lives throughout the week and saying, where do I need to surrender some things that don't reflect after you? What does this look like? The application. How do we honor God and give God our best in this world around us? I believe Colossians tells us how to live this Christian life in Colossians 3. He prescribes to us what the Christian life should look like. How do we live in a world around us that's ever-changing? How did the New Testament church in a world that was persecuting them continue to worship after God and standards that did not reflect God? How did they, in the midst of the mess, keep their eyes focused on the Messiah? I believe it's them realizing that they are a brand new creation in God. And when we confess our sins before God, and when we lay these things down, He may break us, but then He blesses us by restoring us and staying in good fellowship with each other. Colossians 3 and 12, it talks about the Christian life. And these are things that we should have as a reflection of our lives. And it says, Therefore, as God's chosen ones, holy and dearly loved, put on compassion. Put on compassion to our brothers and sisters around us. 
He continues and he says, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a grievance against another, just as the Lord forgave you, so you are also to forgive. Above all, put on love, which is, all, which is the perfect bond for unity, and let the peace of Christ to which you were also called in one body rule over your hearts and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell richly amongst you and in all wisdom and admonishing one another through psalm and hymns and spiritual songs, sing to God with gratitude in our hearts. And whatever you do in word and deed, do everything in his name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Amen, church? Amen. As we go into this year, as we take some time in January, we're going to focus on some of the minute aspects of what it means to live out our purpose and calling, but I think it's good for us to look at the macro, the bigger vision of what our basic calling is in life. And in your jobs, in your workplace, wherever we go, remember that God has called us to be a reflection of His glory. He's called us to love God and to love our neighbors. He's called us to make disciples. He called us to, to love abundantly, to show compassion abundantly. And it's hard sometimes when you've got neighbors that you want to argue with all the time. It's hard sometimes when people dishonor you. It's hard when you feel disrespected. But I believe this is when we allow ourselves to have a humble nature. And as Jesus reminds us to lay ourselves down for the sake of our brothers and sisters. And as it says in Genesis... That when the correction came about, when the offering was not the first fruits and offerings up, when God corrected him, he says, if you do good, will you not be in right place with me? Amen, church? Amen. I'm going to ask right now that we...